Well, 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 hello and welcome again. It is I, Phil, and me, Tim. Haha, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're Tim. I am Tim. Good evening. Good evening. I am on the other side of the screen, and you are on the other side of the screen. We are the Screen Buddies. Oh, that's our new that's YouTube right. channel, Screen Buddies. Screen, screen Buddies. Two we full Screen 10. Buddies. Two full Screen Buddies. We do hey, top you know, we should, actually do, we should actually do that. We should. That's actually a pretty good idea. A screen Just Buddy. Do it. Just do a live top ten. People come and we can talk about the top ten movies of the year. Exactly, you can look. That's at my a special sh- shiny forehead, just gleaming. Yeah, in, I can in see the light. Yeah, we're using webcams now, so uh, we can see each other. Even though we're far away, we couldn't be any closer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, exactly. Um, what's on the menu today, Philip? Well, Tim, I just want to say that I know this day is a very Trying? No, it's a very happy time for you, and uh, if you want, I can take this out of the podcast, but congratulations to you and to your wife for having a new baby boy. (laughs) A new baby boy. Thank you, sir. Thank you for the congratulations. I take it, and my wife takes it. Yeah, we were supposed to record this yesterday, but uh, surprise, (laughs) surprise. Surprise. A baby was born instead. Uh, Incredible. Yes. Very we're nice, supposed to very record nice. in the evening, but I wasn't. I was actually away all night in the hospital. So oh yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm understandable. About, I'm on about two hours of sleep today, but we're still recording. <sighs> this is uh, see, this is the dedication it is. that that makes us go beyond. beyond. We do it for you. We do it for yeah. you. So um, you know, rate and subscribe and <laughs> and tell your friends and tell your fr- <laughs> <laughs> tell your friends about this podcast and its dedication to. You know, sending out an episode every two weeks. I know. Yeah, yeah. Did you hear? I mean, like Tim's. You know, he's he's going to be a new father, but he, you know, the same day, <laughs> the same day that his child was born, he's still doing a podcast. I mean, come on, he has to talk about Dune. Exactly. So we we watched the Dune. We watched and Dune. And we compared uh, give me a sec. it. Wait, 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 wait. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny's giving us hand signals. Yeah, go on, Johnny, play it, play it. always played good charming to the last johnny charming to the last um oh yeah what were we talking about yeah we watched dune and then we compared it to dune (laughs) we compared dune to dune (gasps) we compared dune to dune and uh, by the way um yeah like actually you know we usually say spoilers but um one of the movie will give you spoilers beyond for the other movie. So this is like uber spoilers. <laughs> so true. So true. Yeah, that's right. So this is like so, a double. This is a twofold so if, spoiler. Hey. Yeah. We watched the Denis Nouvelle. I don't know how to pronounce Villeneuve. his last name. Villeneuve. Dune. And then we also watched the David Lynch Dune, which they're based David on Lynch? a book. And uh, one of them, the new one, only tells half of the story of the book. And the old one tells the full story of the book. So... <laughs> If you are planning to watch oh, the does second it? Dune, you, you you might get spoiled by it. Actually, you know what? Oh, does it, Tim? Does Just, it? Let's let's talk about uh, this. Might be uber spoilers of all of all time because once again, I have gone beyond the you know the line beyond of the duty. call of duty. Yes, beyond the call of duty. <laughs> beyond the line because not only did I uh, watch these two Dune movies, <laughs> I I have sacrificed myself. I ruined a perfectly good experience of watching a new Denis movie, which I love as a director, yeah. and then just sucking it in as an experience of a 
of an unborn child. I, I actually went ahead and read the Dune book before watching this movie. I even saw the... Tim, what is this? Why did you do this? Why did you bring this upon yourself? Because I thought it will bring interesting things to the conversation. I thought... That's incredible. And that's incredible. that, I watched watched it. I did it in a chronological order. I I watched... um, I first read the book. Then I watched the documentary. came out in 1965. Jodorowsky's Dune. To see what that old man, crazy man was up to. So I watched thing. the documentary as well. Then I watched David Lynch, which came out afterwards. 86. I didn't watch the TV show. That's just too much. That's, that's already, uh, that's going beyond, yeah, I know. That's, yeah. that's beyond craziness. And then I watched the new movie in the cinemas. <laughs> and the sugar place on little pipe drums. Um, it's so yeah. good. Okay. So so we well, did this. We did this. We we did do this. Um Tim, you did this. And let me tell you, since we're jumping right into this, I am so happy to finally get into an epic science fiction series mm-hmm. that I know nothing about. That's Did I tell you that, Tim? No, but I was really hoping that's the case. <laughs> yeah, I, I was really hoping we're going to come from two different I'm going to like I'm going to like back in the day long long time ago we used to play Minecraft and this is very reminiscent <laughs> of this approach is basically Oh, tell me, tell me. Tell I would me, tell nerd me, out me. and I would read the Wikipedia and and figure thing everything out and be the the knowledgeable man and then would be Phil going, you know, hitting trees with the fish Going berserker, uh, to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's a very familiar place of this approach. That's what I was hoping for, that I'm going to go and I'm going to read the book and I'm going to find out all the, the details and you're just going to wander in and just suck it all in as, as it is and it's going to be a great That's conversation. Right. In fact, I decided to do the exact opposite of what you did and I watched the newest Denis Villeneuve yep. film first. So you had the most the most innocent experience of watching that I movie. Did. So I have lots of questions for you because uh, I had the opposite. But um, we had Jake on oh, last course. episode. Thanks, oh, Jake. Yeah, for coming that was back. like a it was like a fever dream. Yep, and he gave us shit for not doing descriptions. So this is for okay. you. Yeah, Jacob. this is for you, Jake. Also, once again, huge spoilers for a lot of things. A yeah, lot because, of things. Because I'm going to tell you a little bit of of the background. So so. Both Dune movies are based on a book mm-hmm. Frank Herbert wrote in the 60s. Um, so the setting of the book is a sci-fi epic. It's kind of considered one of the greatest sci-fi movies and uh, books and it inspired a lot of works. And once you're reading it or watching the movies, you kind of figure out, you know, what it inspired from Star Wars to, you know, Game of Thrones. It's, it's, it's really influential. The basic premise of this sci-fi world is it's 10,000 years in the future. Um, somewhere between now and the 10,000s, um, (laughs) AI uh, got really powerful computers and basically they try to take over the world. And there was a great war where humans defeated the AI and the computers and they formed a new empire and they decided altogether that AI or artificial intelligence or like super smart computers is evil and to not let them take over, basically they banned any kind of thinking computer. And See, no, I wanted to say I didn't know that detail going in, but yeah. then I read a little bit about it. Okay. You know, I, okay. I had to do that. And I was like, that's interesting. Very interesting. Yep. Anyway. 
So, so in this sci-fi world, technology is not based on like robots or some or supercomputers. And essentially, they have to rely on human minds, enhance human minds to do these kind of magical things. So we have people like Menets who are computing humans and they can think really large numbers and kind of like think like computers. You have people like uh, who can see the future, like um, those navigators and all of these enhancements for humans. They're all reliant on this very rare and some. Uh, you know, material that can't be synthesized called melange, and it's a spice, spice melange that's only spice um, mined on this one planet called Arrakis. So obviously, Arrakis. it's a political important planet. Now, um, as we said, it's an empire. At this time of the story, one great house of this empire, one uh, Baron Harkonnen, Vlad. <laughs> is is running the <laughs> Vlad yeah is running this planet uh, they are the overlords there's um a bunch of people living on it called fremen who are not really happy about their overloads but the empire and this is where our story begins chooses to change up and remove yeah, the Yeah change up who's who's ta- who's harvesting yeah. the spice on Arrakis cuz who's, who's in spice, charge of this planet yeah yeah like we said like you said Tim the spice is what controls uh, yeah. everything economically spiritually because the spice is so powerful yeah it can be used like, as a it's used as a hallucinogen but not only that but it enhances certain qualities of a person but it also enables space travel yeah basically right? from going from like really smart people who can calculate to going up to changing you into be able to predict future, and that's that's how they do space travel. That's they can't rely on computers to kind of calculate where to land when they go to hyperdrive. You know, like calculate okay, is it safe? They have to. They basically use magic, where these creatures see the future and see where they're going to land, and that's how they navigate through space. So, the spice is is pretty insane. But anyway, so in Arrakis, so then it's given to um, House Atreides. Atreides, yes. Yeah. And it's, a, uh, it's another planet in the yep. galaxy under the yep. Empire. And, uh, you know, when they move, and this is a, a, this is a family, we have uh, our Duke Leto and his concubine, uh, who is a lady yeah, what, of this. Yeah, yeah. What's her name? Very space name. Oh, yeah. Lady Jessica. <laughs> Jessica. And very space name son, Paul. So it, it goes Paul. from something you can't pronounce to something that's basically, you know, old Ben. So we oh. got the we got the old you know. Oh, there's Anakin another that definitely there's that's that's to- totally now that you mention it that is a that is something that George Lucas took from Dune. I'm sure. I'm sure. There's a lot yeah. of things he took from Dune, but yeah, yeah. But it turns out quickly that it's actually a, a trap set. By it's a setup. It's a setup. The this evil Baron Harkonnen and the Emperor are working together to get rid of this House of Treaties because they are growing too powerful. And the son, son Paul, he is kind of in the middle of this, and he is also very special because one side he is the heir of Duke mm-hmm. Leto, so he's trained to be, you know, the, the next Duke, Duke, next Duke. But he's also by his mother, who's a member of oh, this, yes, she is. this coven of which is called Bene Gesserit Sisterhood, Sisterhood, yeah. who are aimed to create the greatest prophet who could see the future. And they're all women and they breed with the great houses and one day the prophecy they will create 
This one man. The one. The future. Exactly. Exactly. Seymour even Matrix. I was thinking about this watching this movie yeah, and yeah. reading the book. I was like, eh, I wonder if, because uh, there's a lot of that. The one. He will come and save everyone. A lot of Messiah stuff. But yeah. anyway, he's he's also been trained for this as well. So it all kind of combusts. And um, this is where our, where our journey begins and um, I don't know how much should we get into more plot elements of, of what happens in the actual movie. Well, what do you think? That's um, the setup. That's the setup. I mean, here's the thing. That's the setup. But <laughs> I think here's the thing that everyone who watched the film, such as myself, was surprised to see at the beginning of the movie, which was the title. And it said Dune, part one. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't expect that as well. But I guess, yeah, it, <laughs> that's that's quite, quite clear. The new one, it's it's the book is separated into into two as opposed to the David Lynch David one. Lynch one <laughs> they kind of start off at the same pace i would say um and then knowing what happens from from the book essentially even in the book there's a like a time jump there's a there's a 5 year time jump jump in the book time jam so so there's a little bit of like you know kind of just showing oh, yeah? the effects of it but like the David Lynch one does like a hyperspace time jump. <laughs> it goes skips to the end. So so it kind Oh, of, that was oh man. When I saw that, I was just like, okay, I'm sure there's something more than this at the yeah, end yeah. of that movie. It, it's so at basically the end of this story. If if you look at uh this new Dune, where it ends, it's kind of really close to where the David Lynch one ends, except there's the other half which is kind of skipped over really quickly and rushed like to the cliff end notes. scene. Just yeah. and to like to the where where the basically the book ends, which is the final battle, and then, um, you know, Agent Cooper fighting Sting. Agent that's, that's, Cooper, yeah, Twin Peaks. Oh, Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> that's his name, Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah, Brian um, McLaughlin. Yeah, never mind. Forget it, Brian McLaughlin. I don't but remember. there's a lot of stuff. Wait, so this is gonna happen a lot. I'm going to keep mm-hmm. checking if my daughter's waking up because my wife's in the hospital, so I'm in charge. Must be cautious. For the program. Must be cautious. I think I think we're good. Um, yeah, it's been crazy, man. A lot of help. My niece, Tabitha, she was she was there all night with, with, with our daughter, and she was here all day helping out while I do the... Yeah. Run the errands. That's nice go of bring her. Things, so thank yes. you. We couldn't have done without you. But anyway, back to Dune. Um, so yeah, it's like... It's very interesting. Yeah, I'd um, say so. Here's the thing. Like, be- before we get into into these movies, I can give you, like, the thing with the book is that it's really rich. Like, reading it, and I think it's rich. That's what on, I've heard. Like, on a lot of levels. Like, you have, like, the world building, right? The whole, like, what I was describing yeah. at the beginning. That All of that is slowly revealed to you. You have politics. Like, kind of Game of thrones kind of stuff. Great houses, who's what... Why do they want this? This intrigue, yeah, family drama, right? Yeah, in the in the movie, both movies, in fact, like all I know is House Arrakis. No, <laughs> all I know is House uh, Harkonnen and House. Uh, what's the other one? Atreides. Atreides That's all I know. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I know the Empire. Yeah, I the mean, Emperor. the other ones are not really. They usually talked about as the great houses, but it's basically between them. There's like the history and like all this stuff, and there's. There's like a uh-huh. family drama, you know, this how, like, you know, why, why is, you know, did, why Duke Leto didn't marry, you know, Lady Jessica and what does that mean? And, and all this stuff, there's a lot of character development. So you have a lot of, you know, 
you have the great thing about the character development is it's actually about the book, which is interesting because one of the reasons why I also read the book was because yeah. when this movie was about to come out, I remember seeing, because like you, up until this point, with besides watching Jodorowsky's Dune documentary, I had no idea what Dune was about. I never never read it. Yeah, okay. I didn't okay. know anything, but I remember specifically hearing the book is unfilmable, and I was like, I wonder why. Oh, so I was I'm like, intrigued. I'm going to read it, and then yes. I'm going to make up my opinion why. And I think besides what I'm listing now, one of the big things is in the book, you know, like when you read like a children's mm-hmm. book, you basically have a third person view where you say, and Johnny went and said this. Yeah. And then, you, you know, the, like Harry, the first narrator. Harry Potter book. Yeah. And then you have the next level, which is like this overseeing, you know, you might, they say, Johnny said this and he was sad or something like that. And then you have the yes. point of view where you see the world from one character and then you can hear, read their thoughts as well. Let's talk about the thoughts. Oh, the crazy okay. thing yeah. about the book is that you can hear every, you can read everyone's thoughts. It doesn't matter if they're main character or a person coming up. It doesn't. The book is written ah. in a way, and it's really interesting because, especially the political drama and the family drama and character development is they're all great houses, and there's these traditions and how they should speak to. So, an interesting part of the book is that they will speak to each other one way and be thinking of another thing. And that all connects with the supernatural part of it as well, because like we said, the spice alters people. They can read people's minds. They can communicate through telepathy. They can see the future. So you have this constant do like, so two people are talking, but you have four different conversations at the same time. Like, oh, well, wow. say something which is proper of their, you know, but they'll be thinking, oh, this is probably a trap. And then blah, 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 blah. and the other mm. person will respond is like, I feel like there's something wrong. So it's very, very complicated. And that, that was probably my number one is like, you can't do this because you can do the voiceover, which they did in David Lynch. Well, I'll tell you, that's what they did. That's what they David did. Lynch's but that's, you can't do that. That's no way that it doesn't turn out cheesy. I was wondering about that. I was like, is this something like that in the book? What's going on? Because yes. like, there's a lot of books. I mean, I think most of them would have internalized dialogue through thought in their narratives when someone's writing a book, right? Wouldn't you say that? Yeah, I but usually like, it's like limited to one point of view or something like this one. I, I didn't, I don't remember reading a book like this mm-hmm. where you get an insight to everyone like this. It's in, very mm-hmm. interesting. And then as you know, the whole t- technology stuff, like all you learning all the names of things, what's a Gamjabar, what's a this and that, you're like figuring a things out. You have mythology, you have the magic of foresight and everything. It's like very, Shal very Hulud. rich. Shal Hulud. I think that's like one of the, like, it's, it's just, it's just, <sighs> it's just so much, so much stuff in there. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy, you know, it's a very full book. So I think that's one of the reasons. So you decided to take on this book and you finished yeah, it, didn't you? I did. You finished it before the film. Amazing. How long is the book? Like how many pages do you think? Roughly I don't speaking. know. It's in the other room. It's not that long. I like, I think I thought it was were, like a dummy thick book. Like, no, huge, no, like it's not that thick. I was just like, yeah, I think if you're a good reader, you I was could, showing my you butt. Could turn that <laughs> you could, you could turn that out in like a week. Probably. If you really wanted to get into it. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, crazy. what about the sequels then? Well, so, so you know there's like a gazillion that? books written, right? So let me yeah. give you, the people who are not interested just to understand. So there's, so there's um, the Dune series. You have, um, let me tell you the exact number. 
I don't know. There's a bunch of them, but essentially, you have the. <laughs> That's the exact number. <laughs> you have <laughs> novels which are writ written by Frank Herbert, the original author, and you have the first trilogy, which is essentially following these characters that we know here. And then okay. afterwards, it goes a little bit crazier. Um, I don't know exactly, but I, I know it's, you know, past time and and you know just goes anywhere. I think that's one, two, three, four, five, six, six original books from 1965 to 1985. And then I think by his like, like his nephew or someone like that, we have additional like 20 books or something. Oh, so it's like his nephew. Wasn't it his son? Is it son? Wait, let me see. It's Brian Herbert. My son. He is the elder son. Okay, so it's son. Not, look not at nephew. my son. He shall continue my legacy. So son. And when you look online, I was That's like, what happened? <laughs> exactly. I was looking online like, oh, how much should I read actually of this? And they were like, okay, you know, read the first one. If you like it, go for the trilogy. If you like it, go for all the Frank Herbert books. And if you okay. if you like those, really, really, really didn't go for the son books because the quality like drops. But you get a lot, of, a lot more world building. But it's... It's not as good writing as far as like reading the books. You yes. just expand on the universe. Okay. 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 So it's not necessarily like you're getting some extra. You can stop at the first book. Interesting you know? stories. Yeah. You know, you can it's stop just at world building. After the first six, I would say. That's what they say. I only <laughs> After the, the first, first six. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, Phil. Yes. Let's talk about your experience. Um, going in because you you watched you started with New Dune. That's where I started you went with in. New Dune. Well, first of all, let me ask some technical questions. Where did you New watch Dooner. this? I watched this at my IMAX theater. Your in own 3D. personal IMAX. In my 3D? own personal yes. That they they don't allow 2D <laughs> IMAX movies here. That's they just insane. force you to do 3D. <laughs> That's insane. But I was like, you know what? This is what. Tim would want me to watch it on. He would want me to watch it on a big screen. So I did. <laughs> so you, I, I feel like that kind of like... Un, so I went. Un, undoes the... Like, I don't know. I hate I know, 3D, so actually, I don't know about you, but I, I can't I hate stand 3D it. too, but I wanted... I was thinking, you know, if, whatever. I'll just go and do the 3D thing because I haven't seen a 3D film since... Oh, I don't know. The Hobbit? Mm-hmm. The, the last Hobbit movie. And back then I actually made 2D glasses where I cut out, I poked out one of the left frames, you know, because it's interpol interpolated yeah. uh, 3D. So one, you know, when you close one eye, you see one part of the screen that's being projected, yeah. double projected. And then you, on the, uh, when you close the other eye, you see another screen. So each of those two lenses are two different shades of darkness that yeah. uh correlate to what you see and what you don't so that makes the 3d illusion so i would just poke out you know i would just have two spare 3d glasses take out <laughs> oh, one side and them. flip it with the other one so when i bring my custom made 2d glasses they won't be 3d it'll just be 2d and i can see the pictures clearly instead of that you know double yeah. look looking thing couldn't find those, so I'll just be like, you know, whatever. I'll just do it. I'll just wait, do it. Wait, wait. So, so if you do that, are you only getting half of the frame right? No, why? Okay, and are you getting everything a little bit to the left? Well, sure, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I don't think it's going to make <laughs> much okay. of a difference. It's essentially seeing it in 2D. It's true. Uh, sadly, I didn't do that, but um, you know what? 2D to 3D conversion, 
I mean, it went, I mean, it's not distracting anymore, really. Okay. You, know, you kind of get used to it. But uh, I would still say that it's, after all these years, I'm still just, I'm like, yeah, what's the point of this 3D stuff, right? It's a gimmick. What's the point? It's a gimmick, through and through. Um, I the problem is that my IMAX just doesn't I know. show movies that aren't 2D unless there is no 3D version. It's, it is sad. It is sad. I I went to I went to the Star Wars cinema as you call it. Oh, this yeah, that's a good one. That's the, the cinema we always go to when we watch movies together when we visit Tim and family. Yeah, sadly it was very disappointing. It was what? way too loud. Um, the mix in this movie is kind of like Mad Max, kind of like really compressed, like big. It was just way too loud. Like the the parts where like the music is going bananas and there's a lot of sound effects. <laughs> It was just it was just too loud. I was like, I can't like I don't know what's happening. So the sound was pretty bad. It be which was ironic because it's the Dolby Atmos cinema, which I go oh, for the so sound. Oh, that's so sad. It was way too loud. This and is sad. This it, is disappointing. And then the video was one thing. I was so angry because this is the 4K projector, right? That that's the one oh, I no. go for because it's big. Oh no, <laughs> dude! I don't know what happened, but they had chromatic aberration on the sides. <gasps> Oh I no! I was losing my mind. There was red on the left and blue on the on the right, and uh, it was just everywhere. And especially, you could see it when it was like moving. It's like the ghosting. It, it was, and then, and then for some reason, I don't know what was happening. The projection room was kind of like really open, so the light from it was shining on to us. So even when you had like a black what? screen, like on me, no. like I could see my hands because the light was. So it was. Oh, what else is what else is going wrong with this theater? I don't know. What it is was, this Jack theater that you went to? It was really bad. I was really disappointed and angry. Why didn't you get out and just be like, "Listen, I want my money back." Yeah, yeah. I was just unfortunately. I'll know. watch Dune some other time. <laughs> I'll, I'll do Dune it up somewhere else. So yeah, that, from from technical side, it was it was it was disappointing. So okay, so that's you, disappointing. So you want to see the IMAX IMAX, yes. and uh, so you don't know anything about Dune. So yes, so guide yes. me through. One thing is, I want to know is, how was the experience of discovering the story and going through the movie? How did you feel well, about it? Were you interested or not? Yeah. Second, were you understanding or were you confused by it? That's the big test. When I went in, I was wondering now, because I keep hearing, oh, it's this unfilmable movie and, you know, okay. Jodorowsky, don't even know how to pronounce his last name, always had problems with it. And I always heard about how the David Lynch one doesn't do it justice. It's too complicated. So I'm like, this is the one science fiction epic series that I know nothing about. Nothing mm-hmm. about. Like, it's one of those old ones. You know, it's one of the oldies that I don't know anything yeah, about. Yeah, the, the, the engine ones. It's not Lord of the yeah, Rings. Yeah, 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 yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, Lord of the Rings was older, but we is, had a refresh. Is, no, it's like at the same time. It's at the same time, oh, you know? So okay. I'm, I consider this like a, a sort of test where it's like, let's see if this movie... Let's see if I'll understand what's going on. Because mm-hmm. I, I was fully prepared. Going to cinema, I was fully prepared to be confused out of my mind and not know what's happening. You know? Yes. I was fully prepared for a Warcraft, if you've seen that film. No, I did not. I, I stayed uh, away from that like the plague. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, but, it's, but film, but Phil. <laughs> Phil. <laughs> but Tim, it's directed yes. by uh, the guy who made Moon and other good movies. Sun- what's the Moon? No. Wait, let me check. It's, so what is this? It's a movie with... Movie? Yeah. I just, you check it. It's I'll directed check it. by... 
What's his name? He's the son of David Bowie. He's the son of David Bowie. Duncan Jones? Duncan Jones, yes. It's directed by him. And he was such a fan of Warcraft. And I was like, when Warcraft was going to come out, I know nothing Mm -hmm. about Warcraft. And I thought, well, if he's such a fan, I'll watch this movie and I'll know what happens. I knew nothing. I went in knowing nothing. (laughs) I went out knowing nothing. Perfect. They were just mentioning the gobbledygooks and the oh, rigmaroles yes. and the, you know, and the, <laughs> and the morgolos and the hoobigabs. Exactly. And I didn't know there. anything. Like, and it was a two and a half hour long movie. And then when it ended, it was just like, this is only the beginning. Oh, that's and nice. I was just like, and I, and I, but what I noticed about Warcraft was it felt like a movie for the fans. You know, I felt mm-hmm. like I think the fans would like it because all of this terminology that I don't understand and the orcs joining with the humans and even though they fought each other, I bet they like this. You know, that's what I was thinking. So I thought this would be the same experience with Dune or it's going to be a Lord of the Rings and it's going to actually tell you carefully what is happening. So someone who like me who knows nothing except fear is the mind killer yes. and sandworms and Spice. Whoever controls the spice controls the galaxy. That's all I know. That's <laughs> literally all I know from Doom. That's the basics. Right? Sandworm, spice, and uh, fear is the mind killer. Yeah. So I go in. It says Dune Part 1, and I'm like, oh, okay. I guess I'm not going to see the whole film now. You, you, you uh, immediately thought of the Warcraft movie where it's going to end. It's like, this is the actually, beginning. This is where actually the Dune I thought of, actually, actually, I thought of Lord of the Rings, 1978. Oh, really? The Ralph Bakshi one, because oh. that was the one that should have said part one so people wouldn't get confused, but they didn't put it on because they didn't want people to be sold a half of a movie. Oh, people were not going to go see it. Like, why, why should I go see only half? Part one. And I think they did the same thing with Dune. I think, I think they so did too. the exact same thing, except at least they put it in the title. Um, so I started <laughs> watching it. when you're in the cinema. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how I felt when it happened. But anyway, nonetheless, okay. uh, I think what grabbed me... At the beginning was that one ancient language at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It was just... <laughs> it was just some, some kind of a phrase. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm in. Let's do it. I like this. I like this. Let's mm-hmm. go. And the movie unfolded. And all the way to the end, I was like, I get it. I understand. This is great. I was invested. Okay. I was invested in the movie. Oh, that's cool. So so you were like, okay, wanting to find out more. And there was never a point where, you know, a Fubigab or Morgolo nope, nope, was like, never. I don't know what this Morgolo is. I was very happy about that because I knew everything. I knew, I had a feeling that it might have been simplified from mm-hmm. the original book. But, and I was wondering if there was some changes to the novel because I don't know anything about the novel. But when I watched it, every step of the way, I was explained exactly what I needed to know. And it was done with... With a nice, uh, it, with, with a good pace. I noticed that it was quite slow, but mm-hmm. I felt, I mean, come on, it's a science fiction movie. It's a science fiction movie about epic houses and, poli- and geopolitics. And it's about, you know, uh, prophecies and this and that. And I thought, I, that, why not? That's part of the mood of the movie. That's part of the movie. That's what Dune is, probably is about. Okay. So I went and watched it that way. And... What can I say? I really liked it. And I told a bunch of friends that I liked it. And I'm like, you should probably watch it. I liked it. It was great. And I was <laughs> I so... I was confused by that line. I told a bunch of friends that liked it. Like, are you, were you afraid to admit it? What is this? Is this, is this oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, because like usually 
actually, no, but when I actually like the movie and I feel like it deserves that kind of attention, I would tell people about mm-hmm. it, you know, and it's, it's kind of rare that I do that these days. Like I probably wouldn't tell anybody about what was the last movie we watched? No Time to Die. I, you mm-hmm. know, it's like that. Yeah. Or, you know, Green Knight. I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole separate thing. Right, I, right. I would say it's good, but like I, you know, it'd be like it, up to you to, I mean, it's this also everyone's. has a certain, yeah. Te- I mean, yeah, I mean, like Dune is also the same thing. It's like, it, it has a certain flavor and it's not going to be for everybody, but at least it tries to, but it has that overarching epic feel that I was very entertained by and I very much enjoyed it. That's interesting because, you know, I, since I was robbed of this experience that I, you know, I, I did this well, to myself. <laughs> Um, I was also feel like I was watching it, but I did, you know, it, it was hard to turn off the analytical, you know, mind of kind of comparing and looking at things throughout the oh, time yeah. and just enjoying the movie. So I, I can't wait to see it again, you know, now being calm, <laughs> not overthinking oh, it, but, but I did the same thing. But what I, went through your mind? I was just like comparing it to the novel, comparing it to the other movies and com- just like thinking of like, what's the decision between, oh, how is it going to go? What does that mean? And what I come to conclusion when it was done, it was like, it was a really good example of a great adaptation because they did, they did cut things away. They simplified things, but there, it, but it, it was, um, kind of like they show, they figured out what's the main story or what's the main, not story, but what's the main core of it and just kind Mm -hmm. of trimmed around it. And they were, when, when it was okay, when the, you know, the movie language worked for something that was straight out of the books. Like, let's say the scene with the gum jabba. And you can see this in the Lynch oh, yes, one. It's the, basically it's basically translated from the book to the movie one to one, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Bo- bo- both of the scenes very familiar and similar in the, yep. in, in the movies. Exactly same in the books. The other stuff, let's say, like um, the, the, you know, the, the reading the thoughts of the mind, right? <laughs> sorry, not sorry. I mean, I apologize. Uh, you're reading in the book what someone's thinking, right? <laughs> no, that's what I mean. I was laughing because I just was reminded of the uh, David Lynch movie. You know, David Lynch, they kind of did that. But in, in this one, they did. In this one, what they did is just completely ignore that. And they and they showed it, let's say, like, okay, let's, like, I'll give you an example of Lady Jessica, right? She is one, she, Jessica. she's the royal concubine of the no duke so she has to be presentable and she also has to have this kind of image being stern and being you know not letting in emotions and she has to know all the customs a lot of the you know the the, how the house works and how all the workers in the house they look up to her so she has to have a certain attitude especially to her son and and everyone while you know you get and she's also part of the scissorhood sisterhood and they have these great powers sisterhood. the sisterhood you know the voice where they can control people with their really loud voice and all these magical things oh the voice i forgot about that one yeah voice is so great. but in her head you know she's she loves her son she loves her husband she cares for them she's worried for them so you have this dichotomy of like on the outside when you hear them talk they you know it's all all like you know all business. All business, but yeah. inside the all mind. stoicism, yeah. So in here, like, they don't talk all business, right? Sometimes there's a little bit of it, sir, my lady, but yeah. they all among them to, you know, talk like humans. And then, you know, she emotes behind closed doors. So Lady Jessica, when she's talking to her, I forgot what's the what's the title of the the old the old crazy, the truth sayer. Hmm? I don't forget what the title is. The truth sayer? Um, 
she's something. She's the great reverend or something like that. I forget what it was called. The reverend witch. I don't know. Something. <clears throat> you know, she sees all that, all all game, and then she closes the door and she's crying. So Reverend Mother. Reverend Sorry. Mother. Here you go. And then, you know, she goes Thanks behind forever. closed doors and she cries. So it's kind of it's, it's right. it takes the idea of it and completely moves it to to the medium. So I think like it was a really good like the choices they made to get the story across was really good. I agree. And I like, think for the, me it's, it it passed that test of like that's what Lord of the Rings did cuz like I like you know when we talked about Lord of the Rings in uh <laughs> what am I saying? When we when I watched Lord of the Rings for the first time, <laughs> yeah. I knew about the Ralph Bakshi, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. I also was kind of, kind of blank slate when I watched the first movie yeah. back in two thousand two, and uh, it hooked me right in. I understood everything, and this did the exact same thing. I think. Well, this brings up a question. If we're bringing up Lord of the Rings, I had a thought about. So I was also thinking about Lord of the Rings. Okay, is this gonna be what Lord of the Rings? Because like you know, Lord of the Rings before the Peter Jackson movies were. You know, the nerds. The unfillable movie. No, I yeah. mean, like, as far as, like, in in the mindset of, of humanity, oh. right? The, what is that called? Whatever. Uh, you know, it's... it's Zeitgeist. Yeah, the, the no? people, you know, it was nerds, you know, who like Dungeons Common, and Dragons and like yeah. reading things. It was not in the popular culture. It wasn't in the mainstream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that movie basically, but now everyone knows what Lord of the Rings, right? Because of those yeah, movies. Yeah, everyone's like Gollum. Everyone's like, yeah. Yeah, they have a know. certain idea of it. And and also people understood what, so, you know, if they were going to go read the books, like, I think a certain audience would go read the Lord of the Rings books. After the movies, mm-hmm. I think a more casual person might pick up mm. the books because now they're more familiar and it's not so, you know, hard to read those books because, well, you know the story and you can imagine it through the eyes of the of the of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it did a shift of what that story or what that, you know, piece of um creative end product is. So I was wondering, would this movie do that to Dune as well? And as far as an adaption of the book, I think it really did that. But as we said, it said part one. Now here's the behind the scenes. So Denny, dude, that's exact. Before before you say anything, that is what happened when I left the theater. Uh huh. Opened up my my Wikipedia. Uh huh. To check. Yeah. And I'm like, certainly, certainly, they filmed this back to back, right? There's no way. There's no way they filmed this back to back. I'm the next yeah. one's coming out next year. <laughs> I'm. I actually was looking forward to seeing what happens. You know, legitimately, when I was done with the movie, I was like, I really want to know what happens after this. So I'm going up, looking at it, and I'm just like, green light. They still haven't had a green light on this. Oh, and I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> they didn't film anything? So so f- that was that was a shocker. That's like the cliffhanger ending that I needed for this movie. So uh, Denny wanted to do it back to back. He wanted to shoot the first book I mean, who as two parts, as two movies. Uh, unfortunately, doo-doo, doo-doo. <laughs> unfortunately, doo-doo. Doo-doo. Uh, yeah, the, that's the second Dune movie. His last great sci-fi epic movie blade runner uh 2049 wasn't financially satisfying as the studios wanted so they didn't think you know they didn't want to risk two movies in case they're not going to do both so basically they immediately make a deal once the first one comes out if it's financially successful they probably agree to a certain number what that means um or if people are talking about or whatever it is then they'll green light number two 
Um, so that's the crazy it's part. Surprising, right? So that is the crazy part, and that got me thinking about what does it mean for the studio heads. Um, if they're talking about strictly numbers, okay, it's going to be a lot easier. But even to get those numbers, I think even just to do a great adoption, it's not enough for the popular culture shift. Because I was watching this movie and I was thinking like, what is it about this movie that goes beyond the movie? And I know it's like a sad thing to think about, but you know, when you think of Lord of the Rings, it's not just the movie that captured people's imagination. It was how it seeped right. into everything, you know? Because like something like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, it's, you know, you have the toys and you have the merchandise and you have the visual elements. And, you know, if you, yeah. if you look at, you know, a Lord of the Rings, you know, a tree elk, it's like, that's immediately a toy. This one, the set design and how it's filmed... There's none of that. There's not, Everything is designed in a way to be mundane and boring and part of the real world. There's not a spaceship that you think from this movie that you could well, recognize. helicopters. I, the, the uh, <laughs> you know, like, do you, do you think that's like something that, you know, is sellable? So, so these <laughs> no. images go beyond the movie? So, you know, like when you're, because when you walk around, you're like bombarded by these images. You see... A dwarf with an axe, you know, and that that's a very distinct and image. You go, yeah, and hey, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and in your head that creates a thing. Like there's not much like the only two things that I was and maybe this was deliberate that I was thinking about is like because for to capture to actually change the pop culture, you have to change the kids and the teenagers. Because we were kids and teenagers and we adopted the Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. This was yeah. the the maybe grown ups, I don't know how they felt about it, but it's us the kids that kind of then Yeah take that in and then you know as they grow they they the influence goes out of it so our yeah. kids are going to go our kids and teenagers going to be interested if seeing dune and are they going to be interested i mean the only two things i know <laughs> is they got you know timothy and zendaya right those are the biggest two stars in well that's that's what i was wondering about too like but is that enough zendaya. is that enough I don't know, Tim. I, I don't think these things are easy to predict. <laughs> I'm just curious. Like, you know, I know... Because it doesn't have the fun of Lord of the Rings. No, that's the yeah, other thing. That's also, you know? Yeah, it's... it's it, uh, There's action scenes and there's there's all sorts of stuff. This is a very different movie. It's a very grown-up movie. I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's like some, you know, sci-fi nerd kids who love it and maybe some emos who probably love it. Oh, for it's sure. All like, but as far as like... You're, you know, I could see a bunch of teenagers go, let's go see Lord of the Rings because like everyone's going to see it, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how, how much do. So we'll see, I guess the numbers and. I mean, as of this recording, it said this? it did make, as of this recording, it did make 220 million out of its 165 million. So what do you think? Can, can this do this movie or if it's going to be a series, can it do what the Lord of the Rings Dune, did? Dune to the Lord of the Rings. Can this Dune do the do, do the Dune? Or it's just going to be these movies, <laughs> Dune, basically. Dune. And it's going to be like a, you know, you know. I don't know. I'm I'm too old to know okay. now. You know what I mean? Because, like, I liked it. I want to watch the second one. But when I'm done, I'm done. Yeah. You know? It's not the same anymore. You know, I don't think there's going to be another movie series that's going to make me <laughs> as excited as Lord of the Rings is and give me that influence. You know, it, you know I think it's just when you're older, you know, it, don't you think? It, I guess I, you know, is the question is, are there going to be, you know, 10, five years down the line, you know, doing Lego sets? And I don't think so. I think it's just going to be a movie thing. It's going to be a cinema experience and it's going to be, it's a yeah. great, it's not going to be a, a cultural shift. 
as far as Dune, I think. That's just my, I, just like seeing it, I think that's my interpretation. So we'll see how, how much satisfied the the bosses the bosses yeah, are we'll see I, all i want is a second i want this movie to be completed i want to see what happens in the next one because we watched the david lynch one as well and uh that gave me all the cliff notes i didn't really want <laughs> we went, you know we went i went halfway through the film and it was like all of the like the story was the same and i was thinking i thought that when i watched the david lynch one it's going to be david lynch so it's going to mm-hmm. be like out-of-body experiences and strange psychedelic things like that. What was that creature with the big head and the... Oh, yeah, it starts off. Yeah. You know what that was, right? What is that, Tim? No. Okay, so that is the navigator. So those are humans. Oh, they know. Who then for many, many years are exposed to the spice. And first starts like the body transformation. They can see the future. And then their body starts to... And they can't even live on... on, um, air anymore they have to An put oxygen? into these yeah. yeah yeah they have to put in these water tanks oh i didn't know this and basically these things are put into these those huge spaceships that travel you know across uh solar systems and they're the navigators and they are uh. yeah and, they, and, they, uh. and, and that's why the spy the the guild uh, needs the spies to create these navigators so they can you know basically charge a lot of, a lot of money to, to transfer people from planets to planets it's all about money it's all yeah. about money it's like this, we've, we've developed 10,000 years. It's all about and the spice. And in the end, we're still, it's still all about the spice. It's still about the economy. It's still about exactly. the, the, the fears and the, uh, the paranoias uh, that we still face now. Great. I guess that's maybe one of the points of the story. So you were saying um, about, um, I mean, it, huh? if we talk, yeah. you know, the, the, the interpretation as far as, I mean, there's many. I think um, Denny was going you, for a more personal, yeah. like as far as his his story is of, of Paul and what it is. I feel like it's, you know, kind of like the Matrix, the one. It's essentially you are also given a lot of responsibility. You you know what you want to do. What is your, you know, what is your duty? But also it's kind of mixed in with him having this gift of foresight by the training and then as he moves into Arrakis, the spice that's just around him basically enhances that ability where he starts to see full-on visions. And it's and in the books, and it's a very similar feeling of it um, in the Denis books, is of just the internal struggle he has of like, what does he need to do? How does he react to these visions? Are they true? Are they not? What does it mean for him? What does it mean for his decisions? You know, that kind of internal progression of, of being chosen as this Messiah person, right? And because as right. we know, right? you know, yeah. from his mother, it's basically set up. There is no Messiah. There was, the sisterhood basically goes around planets and creates fake stories. So people, when they arrive in that planet, people believe them, right? They, they work for their cause. So he knows it's also Wait, fake. Wait, what? Well, basically, so... <laughs> Wait, I don't remember this happening. Well, I don't know if it's mentioned strictly, and maybe it was just mentioned in the, on the sides. In, in, in the movie, in the Denny movie, <laughs> in the Denny movie, like, uh, the lady... Lady the, Jessica? The, the soothsayer. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, no, the, no, no, the Reverend Jessica. Mother. The Reverend Mother, she mentions to Jessica before she leaves after the whole uh, Gorja Bar yeah. test and everything... And uh, she just said, like, oh, we've, we're, we actually are 
manipulating this situation to happen. We are, you know, uh, we're engineering this. Yes. And that, that's all I know. And I thought, well, I mean, they're engineering a prophecy. Okay, that's cool, you know. But I didn't think it was, I didn't think they were just making stuff up for people to just believe. Well, basically, they're, they're, I, they're essentially, they want to use the spice to create this, un, unlike the deformed, you know, navigator, their idea is to create a human who can basically just see all past and future at the same time, right? Just the expansion of the mind. Yeah. And basically had, they have these traditions of how to do it. And that's how they become a Reverend mother. And this is something that happens in the second part of the book. You get more information about this, which is completely skipped over in the David Lynch book. And it's super weird and super creepy. The and David I Lynch movie, you mean? Yeah, sorry. And uh, it's super weird and super trippy. And I can't wait to see it and what Danny does with this because it's, well, I, it's I also so weird. But anyway, too. but the problem is to get to that ultimate level, most of the the ladies from the sisterhood just die when they go through this process. So they think their prophecy, they either made it up or they believe in it. It doesn't matter. But if, if they breed enough people, they will create this man who can do it. But they also I manipulate see. people, you know, using the voice and using stories and using prophecies and just using the importance of their sisterhood of just like manipulating for, you know, even to get to people to, you know, to, uh, okay. to, to, to believe. And like, that's the part of the book. They always keep talking to like Lady Jessica in her head. She'll, she'll go to a place and they'll start, you know, whispering. Oh, and she's like, oh, the sisterhood was working really hard on this planet. Like they're really buying the shit. I better, you know, step it up a notch. And then she uses the voice and they're like, oh, she's oh the wow. Okay. Because the, the freemen. Huh. Oh the, oh, the Freeman. We didn't talk about dude, the Freeman. The Freeman are the, the Fremen, desert nomads. Here, 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 Fremen. You know what we're talking about. The, Gor- the Morgan Freeman. You know, <laughs> the, the, the desert Norman. Okay, the desert on. Mormons. Uh, you know how I am terrible <laughs> at pronunciation things, right? Fremen. Yes, Fremen. It's even worse when I read books because I'm dyslectic and I don't know how to pronounce things. So if I'm reading like a sci-fi book... You know, I don't, I'm not going to look up how to how to pronounce it. So in my head, I'll just make up some kind of pronunciation. Okay. And it's funny seeing the movies and just hearing how you're supposed <laughs> to pronounce it. And and so how did you like? Let's say Harkonis, Harkonis, or uh, I was like, like, like I can't remember Harkonis. It was I think it was a Harakon or like whatever. But the funniest one, the funniest one that I completely missed was Freeman. I read Freeman every single time, and then they go Freeman, and I'm like. Is that how you pronounce it? And I look at the book and it's What's like... What's a Fremen? It's like, there's only one E. But it's like, that's even lamer because when I was reading, it was like Freeman. It's like, okay, that's a lame name to call yourself, but it makes sense. Gordon Freeman. You're like on this planet and you reject the, you know... It's brother John Freeman. You reject all the overlords. You're the Freeman. Yeah. But Fremen is like... That's like lame. That's like science fiction, science fictioning Freeman. <laughs> it's like, we'll remove the E and it'll be like an exotic. <laughs> remove the E. Exotic <laughs> way to say Freeman. I was like, Jesus Christ. But anyway, sorry, I didn't want to diverge from that. That was just hilarious. I was thinking of the Fremen. That's just what the Fremen thought. What were we yes. talking about? How do we get into this conversation? I don't know. We were talking about, I was going to get to the, the Lynch movie because we didn't talk much yes. about that one. Um, um, Lynch movie. Um, I don't know. Patrick Stewart's back. You know, he's in another 80s film oh, that we watched. Sure. As <laughs> a background character, somewhat. Random you know, Patrick Stewart. So that's, the, that's the theme of this. We should just, we yeah, should just collect I, them all. I mean, I admire David Lynch's one just for the the way it 
looks, you know? It's got that beautiful late 20th century 80s grime <laughs> stench. You know what I mean? It's, it's there. There's, there's yeah, gas, the stench. liquids. There's always like fog. Yeah. There's always liquids. People are sweaty. <laughs> and there's always some kind of this, sound going. The picture is grainy. Yes. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a, yeah, exactly. You described it perfectly. It's that sort of before, before things turned digital and people started looking very smooth on their skin, there was a time. That's right. Everyone just, just, <laughs> just grimy. They used really, because they used shot, glycerin. Everyone was caked in glycerin, they, shining, reflecting all the lights. Really like they have mm-hmm. people using their thought bubbles as voiceover, essentially. Yes. And just like the books, yeah. Just like the books. And they also <laughs> the shields. What if I was wondering this. So since you read the novel, mm-hmm. what is up with that? Because the David Lynch one has these stupid looking square sh- like boxy shields that turn on okay, so yeah. in the in in the in the world, there are these little devices that you put on and they become like body shields, like in Halo or other yeah. <laughs> games that probably took it from Dune. Uh, where, you know, it gives you like a limited shield against projectiles and, you know, anything, stabs and stuff like that, right? In the new movie, it's done just like in Halo, essentially, with, you know, some little colors where it's like when it's blue and when you get hit by someone, the shield blocks, you know, the body shield blocks most of that hit, right? The entire hit, but it depends on how hard and how powerful it is so if it's like really really strong it gets to red because it's depleting you know the shield isn't strong yeah, enough yeah. to go through it so sometimes people can get killed even if they have the shield if it's, it's too strong so what is it in the book if i remember correctly it's not really described visually it's more described how it affects the fighting so essentially when the shield is activated if something is coming at you really strong the sh- uh, fast the shield will stop it. If it's slow, the shield... Like, it's not in um, complete protection, right? Yeah. Anything can go actually through it. So, essentially, there's a lot of um, combat training, and there's a there's a difference between... Especially when we come up to the um, climax of the Denny's, the noob dune, when he has to fight Janice, who is a freeman, Fremen. <laughs> um, they find without shields while... Um, you know, the, I noticed that. That the, was a detail I noticed. Arrakis fights with shields, and, and there's a difference, and that's where the tension comes from the book, because um, uh, Paul is used to fighting with a shield, basically where you have to, uh, when you want to give a like a killing blow, you have to attack very slow, because the shield will otherwise stop it. So if you want to kill someone, you have to basically slowly put the knife in them. Because that's funny because it's just like, it's just like this real life substance. You know what they were talking about? Like that bulletproof substance that it's like, oh, you know, I don't know what the, some kind of jello or something. Yeah. It's kind of like, I don't know what they call it because I'm not smart and I don't remember these Mm -hmm. things, but it's this, um, it's like cornstarch when you put it with water. Oh yeah. Yeah. The the non-Newton. Yeah. Non-Newtonian. Yes. We made that with my daughter. (laughs) We had fun with it. It's awesome. You should make it. Yeah. It's it's cool. Exactly. Yeah. If it's something's fast, it'll stop it. If it's slow, it'll exactly like that. Um, so, it's, so yeah, it has it, nothing to do with the boxes. What is that boxy thing that they did in the movie? Uh, they just didn't know, like, it was back back in the day in CGI. <laughs> did, they had to describe it somehow. I, like, honestly, I don't remember in the books if there was, like, a visual... Dis- 
<laughs> I don't think remember if there's a visual representation of how it should look. I don't remember <laughs> at all. So I I would assume it's not. Maybe, you know, correct me if wrong. All right. Well, tell me but what yeah. your impressions were because you read the book first, then you saw David Lynch's yeah. one. So what happened there? Um, of the David Lynch one, I think, um, you know, like thinking about this and like if, if I'm thinking of what did I learn from this whole experience, um, especially watching the movies, because that's the podcast about us watching those two movies. I, it's it's a little bit tainted by me reading the book because me going on the journey of the story and those books happened for me in the books, not in the movies. So when I was watching the movies, the really the my thought process, what I was thinking about was the process of and the choices made for the, you know, adaptation, right? What, what, yeah, why that's and the what thing you was, compare what, it to. What, yeah, that, that's what was going through my mind. So I'm not really thinking about how I feel or, or what's going on. That's really how I'm looking at it. And it's um, one, the biggest thing I learned from this really, and also it's worth note, the David Lynch one, it's, it wasn't David Lynch's vision. There was a lot of studio oh. tampering. So it in the end, he's really disappointed in that probably he doesn't want to talk about it because really couldn't make it how he wanted it to be. And the studios didn't make it how they wanted it to be. So I neither see. was this interior, you know, crazy David Lynch experience, nor was it a box standard, you know, sci-fi epic that the studio wanted. So in the end, you kind of just have this interesting <laughs> thing that maybe if you didn't know nothing about Dune and as many kids in the 80s and you can hear, you know, Kevin Smith talk about it, they, they enjoyed it because, you know, it's a crazy sci-fi movie that you're watching. And honestly, I expected a lot worse I think it was <laughs> I think I just, did too, actually. It was very fun just to watch it. I think it was interesting of like the choices they make, the casting and designs. It was just, you know, it's like it was like a wacky, like, you know, greasy eighties thing you're watching and it's just <laughs> it, it felt very harmless. I I'm pretty sure David Lynch probably feels very sad about it because, you know, it was just creative work and it was a lot of money and probably just a horrible experience yeah. and it doesn't feel very David Lynch at all. Um, so I understand it's that. True, but true. I think in, on the topic of being sad and, about being and not being able to do it the way they want it. Yeah. Here's the thing. What I was thinking about it, adaptation, right? Not adoption. Adaptation. That's yeah, it's the fine. Word. I, I keep missing get the, it. Yeah. Is if you're taking something that was creating one medium and you're taking to another, obviously, you know, it's art and you can do whatever you want. But for me personally, what, and I was listening to a podcast um, a couple of days ago with um, Denis and he was talking to Christopher Nolan about Dune. And Denis said that the main goal for him, and this is the instruction he gave to all the departments, it was, we're not making our version of Dune what we think it is. We are making Fran Herbert's Dune in a movie. That's the idea. Don't think about what you want. Think about what would have, you know, Frank do it. So in that perspective, it kind of makes sense. Reading the book and seeing the movie, yes, it's a great translation from there to there. For me personally, is that something that I want to see? Or do I think an adaptation should be like that? No, I feel no, like... No, I see. Yeah, that's where you're differing. Yeah, because for me... I feel like... Yeah, yeah I feel like if I want to experience it being the most um, honest accurate? and yeah. the most accurate, 
I'd rather go and read the original medium. That's why I don't like translations. If I'm reading a book and if I know the language, I'd rather read it in the original language than the translation because something always gets lost. So if I can, I'll just go to the source rather than... And if I'm going to read an adaptation or a translation... I'm going to start... Rather, I'm going to open that Duolingo and start learning that language. I, I'd so rather, I can read the original. I'd rather have the more subjective... Um, interpretation of that. Right. I think it's more interesting if you remix it instead of just going one to one. And I know a lot of people like that. I know when I, you, when I you, like it. <laughs> when you read like, oh, you know, like uh, that's like, that's why I like the third Harry Potter book. It just, it takes liberties and how it chooses things. It, it, it's a vision of the director that takes the original thing and just makes it their own. And I think that's why I love Stanley Kubrick books. And I hate to bring movies, crazy movies. old Alejandro, yeah, movies. I, I had to bring crazy old Alejandro, you know, Jodorowsky. No, you better because... bring Alejandro Jodorowsky. So I, I watched, we watched this movie before. This man is a is a psychopath. I can't believe, I mean, he's <laughs> incredible. This Alejandro because... Jodorowsky, film director from, was he from Peru? No, he was from. Somewhere from South America. <laughs> Somewhere or in the deep from... South American forests. Yeah. And he tried to make a movie Chile. before. He's from Chile. Yeah. Before any he he's he came up from like experimental yeah um indie cinema yes. and he by some chance Spicy, he wanted to make chili a Dune movie interpretations yes because his movie Holy Mountains was doing great and he picked Dune just randomly and he really wanted to make it and you was passionate I mean, it, passionate man I was so passionate about it you know it's going to be the greatest to change minds. And and you know Change like I, 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 re- I remember watching the movie and I remember like his crazy ideas of you know casting all these crazy people in this movie. Yeah, we saw this seven years ago. Like and and, and the out. designs were were insane. And you know besides being like a motivational kick in the ass, this movie to watch. Like you once you're done watching this movie, you're gonna go sit down. And you're gonna make something. Just his way of looking <laughs> at the world. Yes, is is so like influential to your psyche, but. I was really curious. Jodorowsky is like a—he was like a in such enthusiasm, dude. I did is, it. I did it. If I, I don't do it, I don't do it. Yes, it's so it's it's amazing. And he was eighty-four at the time, and I didn't even think he was eighty-four. I thought he was. Oh, like, at the at the documentary. Yeah, yes, when not he, when he was doing the doing. He didn't look like that. He was just so like, oh, I'm so excited! I'm going to make the film. It's going to be the greatest film. It's like that's how he talks. Every, yes. And, 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 and even the if I like, cut my arm, I'll cut my arm for the film. Yeah. If I die if for I the die, film, I die for the film. That's I did okay. it. I, I, I love it. It's, it's, it's so great. But the thing I was curious is like, okay, what was this? Because like, when I watched that, I didn't know nothing about Dune. So I was like... Me either, and I did, of course. And I, did, and I was confused in the documentary what was actually the point of that movie, what he was trying to make. But now reading the book... I watched the document and it was hilarious because it has nothing to do with the book. He just changed everything. Well, there <laughs> just you go. makes it... A, he makes his own up, dude. But to use his absolutely, you know, um, terrible analogy uh, of what he talks about, how, he, you know, his thought process, he talks about, you know, raping oh, Frank no. Herbert's book. That's what he does. He changes it and makes it his own. And, you know, it's it's a horrible analogy. It's disgusting. Um, but I do feel like <laughs> when you're making, when you're doing that, I do appreciate a, a more subjective approach where you take it and make it your own. So I think... For me, mm. this new movie, as much as I love it, Jurassic Park's kind of like that too. Not that I think yeah. about it. It's 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 like I'm not. Yeah, for me personally, that's just 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 my. I don't. 
yeah, I'd rather go read the book. And if the movie's going to be, be you know, someone else's messing up, I'm not going to be the one. That book is different. It's like, it's okay. I am sick it's of doing different... that. But there are certain things that, um... I mean, but what happens when... This What's is... your thoughts upon this? What's your thoughts about... That's what I'm thoughts saying. About... Uh, like, I'm of two minds here because uh, I feel like... This is the funny thing, because we're doing this audiobook, right? We're doing this audiobook for yes. Jungle Book. Um, and very much like uh, Jodorowsky, like, I have no history with, like... Mm -hmm. Jungle Book isn't any kind of favorite of mine. Yeah, it's you not... didn't grow up or something no, in Jungle no, no, Book. No, no, it wasn't no, your... Yeah. Um, but at the same time, uh, the way that we're treating it, because we're doing word for word, uh, you can't have it any other way than we have to figure out what the intentions of Richard Kipling was to get mm -hmm. this thing to sound the way it does, because it's true. We could do our own kind of audiobook where we can change the characters. Maybe we, you know, like you can, if we had the budget for it, we don't right now, but like yeah. in a, the in a like theoretical way, you could change like. Uh, what this what the animals sound like they don't have to sound like actual animals they don't have to be you know you can you can make up something and, and it you would can be do a, anything it could be its own thing for sure you know and i see value in yeah. that but i don't know i'm of a mind that uh if i want if i want to make that one i want to make the one that it feels like it's jumping out of rudyard kipling's text so okay I don't know, maybe it's because of Lord of the Rings. When I watched Lord of the Rings, that's exactly what Peter Jackson said. He said, we're doing Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. We're not doing our own version. We're doing that one. Yeah. And I think that there's value in it, but I understand when you're saying you read the book, what's the point of watching the movie if it's going to be the same thing that I experienced already, right? Yeah. And it's only like a personal view. I think everyone approaches it yeah. differently. I Just for me, that's, that's not. I'm, I'm not interested in having different version of the same thing but i, I just, you know, yeah but like it's funny that you say that because as i'm getting older i see more value in what you're saying where it's it's would be so much in, more interesting to see someone take something and uh, yeah. take advantage of it uh and with love with love <laughs> with, oh god it's just it's a terrible it's just horrible but it it does get the point point across what because here's the thing so I like Denny's movies right but I feel as I was watching this maybe this was ruined by knowing the plot but I kind of was missing like I didn't feel like I couldn't feel him I couldn't feel the director I couldn't feel the vision and then I listened to that podcast and I was like oh there wasn't supposed to be it's supposed to feel like this and I was like oh okay but maybe this it. is what Denny wanted yeah to I, do and I completely understand that was it. His I, I was just yeah, and that's, you know, that's what he wanted to create, and that's he did, and he did a great job doing it. It was just, it was an interesting kind of observation from my point. I want to ask you, what's your experience with the movies of these directors so far? Like, how many of, you know... David Lynch movies. David Lynch movies seen? have you seen, or how many Denis movies have you seen? I'll show you, I'll, I'll show you with my fingers how many David Lynch movies I've seen. Mm-hmm. This is the first David Lynch movie? Yes. Interesting. I've seen all David Lynch movies except this one. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I never seen this one because I heard it was bad, so I just kept it. I was like, it's not David Lynch's vision, so don't watch Dune. I was like, okay. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen anything. I okay. know his, but I, I recognize his style. You know, okay. I recognize it without seeing any movies. I kind of know what, what he's about. Did you recognize like him in the movie? Oh yeah, totally. No. Of, yeah. David Lynch as a person, yes. No, I've seen okay. a lot of David Lynch. I've seen a lot of him around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay. What about Denis? Uh, I've seen Blade Runner 2049. I've seen Blade Runner 2049. What else did he make? Let me see. Okay. Arrival, Sicario, no, I was Prisoners. Supposed to... Nope. Okay. You're right. Yeah. Arrival. I've heard of Arrival. I've heard of Sicario, but I've not seen them. So You've not seen them. Uh, Prisoners? Phil Dragish, the most disappointing co-host <laughs> to talk to with right now. I've not seen it. That's okay. I'm just I'm just curious. Like, uh, yeah. So basically, he did like a lot of um. You know, he didn't his... do Oblivion, right? Oh. Uh, no, no, no. no, no, no. He, I think from from the movies that are you know besides shorts and like his local art movies, I think goes from Prisoners, Enemy, Sicario, Arrival, Blade Runner, and now Dune. That's his like mainstream American cinema that he did. Yeah. Um, As opposed to I've French seen Canadian the first one I've seen cinema. was Sicario and then just kind yeah. of went from there back and forth like a really big fan mm-hmm. and um, here's the thing I have here, I can't really criticize David Lynch movie just because there's so many aspects of it it's just like it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel fear of breaking that movie down honestly it's just it's it's so incompetently what Dune? Uh, the the David Lynch one is just incompetent, but in a lovable way. I just I don't feel like going like okay, you know, this could have been better. It's like what's, what's the point? But that, that's what's what I point? was gonna say. There's a lot of movies that I've seen that have that same kind of value to them. They're they're flawed, but so what? They're like, where they do you work. approach it? Where yeah, yeah where's like, the where's the standard? Where's like the where's the ground floor where you can pick them apart? You can't. There's no ground. What are you floor trying to this. do? Like okay, you you criticize it's not accurate to the okay. That's that's how approach. It's like okay, you don't like it personally because it's grimy and slimy. Like it's <laughs> it's it's just it's I I don't know how just to a little it, there's, there's one criticism of the new movie Denis. I have one too. That I it might be that might be. Def- very divisive uh but i did not like the hand zimmer score oh really let's talk about that tim let's talk about it here's what um besides this mix being just way too loud and very too <laughs> compressed and there's way too much going on it was really annoying at times when there's like a quiet scene and and everything's going on and there's booms and noises and let's let's not talk about that because that's okay. mix and you know influences it was like mad max but it's not mad max so it doesn't okay. matter let's skip that Why? let's not talk okay. about let's talk about the soundtrack itself i listened okay. to it afterwards and <sighs> so the movie the movie is very the approach and this is denny's style he likes to approach things very naturalistic it's not realistic it's not um hyper stylized it's very natural of like how things are lit how things are displayed okay it's yeah. very like mimicking documentary but not in your face what you're not shaking the camera but it is <sighs> thank goodness you're kind of go the way people act and the way things are shown is isn't in that way which may create a boring kind of feel now when you're shooting something realistic as in a contemporary uh you know movie setting or something like world, that yeah. movie set, you have a lot of detail there that the person connects to and then this kind of naturalistic way of shooting it 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 just adds to the feeling of it when you're shooting something that's science fiction so you're inventing the sets it might create so you have to kind of think of things like how people connect to when they see a goody bigoop on on the side yeah. how do you how do you shoot that naturalistically right it's not it's not real nobody's going to have, no have an emotional point. response of seeing you know somebody sees a 
a razor, you know, and there's and there's light is on it. You know, it votes emotions of seeing your dad shaving or something like that. Sure. And that has the effect. When you're watching a goobly goop, it's it's not. And then also the sets of design of this movie are very monolithic empty. and they're and they're very empty. This was my criticism. Yeah. I, okay, yeah, yeah. I was it, it, yeah. I was it doesn't feel like lived it in. It feels very, very like, you know, like empty and, and not real. So that mixture might create a very stoic and boring um, feeling to it. So what I would have liked it, and uh, forgive for the pun, the music to add the spice. <laughs> Try the because, because it's very like, I don't know, I don't know how to use good words to describe it, but I think I'm getting across my point. The view, this what you're seeing is very kind of static and kind of like angular and kind of bad word to say boring but i feel like the sonic spectrum of it if the music was more as far as the timbre and as far as the way it sounds like the ideas of the sound to use to kind of spice it up or to to kind of lead it place it would work i think the music just I don't know. It wasn't the spice that I felt like, and and I hate to say it, Didn't but I kind of miss. Spice. I miss. Um, Junkie you know, XL. Johan Johansson. Unfortunately, he did. Um, he did the music for, for, um, for Sicario and for Arrival, and I think unfortunately he has passed away. But oh. I, I'm pretty sure if he was still alive, he probably did this this movie. But if you listen to the soundtrack Arrival, he just uses these sounds that yeah. kind of make sense. That just connect you to this very stoic kind of movie as well, and the design of the alien uh, ships there is 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 even crazier than this. It's so barren, but the sound kind of glues it together. While I feel like this is box standard Hans Zimmer. I'm I'm sorry, but chance like oh, it's desert people. I'm gonna hear chance. I I'm done. I I don't want to hear well, chance anymore. At least at least it wasn't the you know, the one that was popularized after Gladiator, you know, this is oh, diff- yeah. at least this is a chant. OK, this is a, this is the same, you know, wailing female voice. Right. But yeah, it's, it's like, at least it's not desert. at least nah. it's not. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's different. It's different. But I understand. And I haven't thought of it in that context. And I am reluctant to agree with you, but I think I do. And it's not, it's it, not there's... like an analytical kind of thing. I think that came afterwards. I was watching it and I was in, and, and that's what I was feeling. And I thought about it afterwards. I was like, yeah, I don't like the soundtrack. It's not adding to anything. Maybe that was the point. But to me, and then, yeah, the rhythmic stuff in there, it's just, I can't, it's just bog standard Hans Zimmer stuff. I'm like, I need, I need something to elevate this. It doesn't have to be a full orchestra score, you know, going epic. It doesn't matter, but it, there's something about that was missing. So that's my criticism of, of this movie. I never that, would have thought I, about I, that. I I would have I feel the same with you with uh with the uh, with the production design. It does Yeah. <sighs> it would have been nice to have seen more than just big geometric shapes, you know, right? Yeah. And, Even, and the thing is that it's fine for when they go to Arrakis because they basically take over the Harkonnens place and it's they're new there and they're trying yeah. to make it home. That's okay. But the first, what, like quarter of the movie takes place yeah. in their home planet? That feels exactly the same. It, it feels does, barren. it does, it does, it does. And, and maybe you could you could argue that they're moving out, but it's like, if they're, if they're, because in the books, they're so longing, all of them, especially Jessica, 
to go back and just how nice it was on their planet. Yeah, right? now that you mentioned that now, yeah, because it doesn't. An... It feels like just another ugly place that they lived on. It doesn't feel like oh, this is our home. It just yeah. So it's that's just my personal feeling of like yeah, of watching the movie. Not no, nothing to do with the books or anything like that. It was just me as 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 a viewer of the movie. No, I I agree with you there. I really do. That's something that I felt was a bit strange that you got a lot of things right, and that I was able to go through the story and I was able to enjoy watching this story happen but i just you know it, it was weird now that you you know you're bringing that onto the forefront where you just mm-hmm. there's something in the middle that's not there there's something that's not there that would have had texture given some more yeah, life yeah, yeah definitely to this it's interesting i mean yeah it's but wait no what go on go on no no, no. it's it's it, I, i'm really in this podcast i think i'm i'm discovering some patterns that may be true, and and this is completely uh, veering off the topic, but uh, the uh, Marvel um, uh, Cinematic Universe new movie Eternals, uh, mm-hmm. the, the embargo was lifted on the reviews, and the reviews are not so favorable, and um, they're saying that it's boring and blah 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 blah. But I was thinking about this when I saw the trailer. I was like, this feels like the DCU, you know, Superman movies, oh, and oh. I don't know if you remember. My theory is that. Uh, of kind of approaching, you know, a superhero in that kind of, what if a superhero had real emotions and it's Superman? It doesn't work because the original source doesn't have anything to add there. It's just like, okay, what if Superman was real? What would he be thinking? And it's like, well, nothing, because he's a caricature. He's, he's <laughs> Superman. He's, he's He doesn't function in that universe. He functions in this. If you add that, you just end up being superficial. Just like, to me personally, what those um, uh, Zack Snyder movies felt like. It was just really pretentious because you're Let's adding something Zack Snyder that doesn't feel... But no, but, that's, <laughs> but that was, I was thinking, it's like, and maybe the... I didn't see the internals, but maybe that's the same thing. It's like, you know, Chloe, she's a... I watched her movie Nomads. It's great. She she adds this realism to these real people and most of her actors are not actors they're real people mm-hmm. and and you can connect to that because you're a human being and you understand the setting if that's her approach to superheroes trying to make that it's the same thing again and i feel like that's the same thing with the dune is that if you take this really natural approach to something that's made up you might you might cross a barrier where it's where mm-hmm. it's, you're not able to connect and it becomes a little bit you lose that, but that's just that's just my approach because I know his movies. If you watch his movies, it's like watch Sicario or something like that. It's it's a very human approach. It's very it's very direct. So it's, it's just weird how that thing me. gets lost in translation. That's so strange. But it, it was very interesting for me to watch this. So I I, I enjoyed this whole experience of, of I did too. reading the books and watching was, the movies and talking to you about it. I think, I think it was, it was awesome to yeah, do this. Yeah, no, totally. Like the amount of effort you went through to get to do all this is, is, is pretty crazy. Actually reading the book. Can you believe that? He reads, reads the book. He reads the book. I mean, it's crazy. a famous book. <laughs> it was on I my know. list for a very long time. I just never wow. had a reason I mean, to. Well, the to... motivation is there then. Um, yeah. What did I want to say? I wanted to say, oh yeah, Dr. Yue, I think his name was. The traitor. Yeah, so when you're watching the film, where you're like, I saw him before. I saw him in the new movie. Like, I, 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 
<laughs> no, I, I, uh, no, I no, I no. Like, who is he? He's familiar. I I've seen him somewhere. I've seen him. Who is he? It's Chang Chen. He played the desert nomad guy in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, what? Okay. Yeah, I was no, like, yeah, his I face. Not... I was like, he's so familiar. And I was like, that's him, Chang Chen. I haven't seen him in 20 years. Oh my goodness, you're right. And that's then I looked crazy. at the credits. I was like, of course, I remember he was supposed to be in Dune or something. Ah, that's... yeah. And I'm looking at the photos now. Yep, makes complete sense. No, I got, I got, no, I got. He's, no he's not really much in the new movie, to be honest. I think he's kind of like the main ideas there. But I think it's a little bit more in the other one. I don't know. Yeah. I just... Here's the thing. Um, there's a lot to talk about this. Big eyebrows. You know, I, yeah, I know. Yeah, of course. Brad, Brad um, we can talk about the details of like the individual choices of like what in each of the movies. I would maybe save that for a night. Maybe we can do like an Instagram live chat. And yeah, I was thinking the same questions. Thing. We can look at pictures and I can explain what does that mean in the books. Yeah. I feel like that much of a deep dive that I could offer since I'm pretty fresh to the books. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if it's it's really interesting well, to people. You let us know if you're let interested. Let us know. That's what I want. I want some engagement here. I want someone to tell us, what do you want us to do? Because we can do some stuff in between these podcasts that might be more fun, more interactive. So I'm shouting out into the ether. Yeah, whoever, yeah. whoever controls Iraq. Oh, I wanted to say, this is the one what? thing we didn't tap into. I don't know if that's important to you or not, but to me it is. Important. What is it? Well, tell me, tell me. I'm intrigued. Shalhulud. Shalhulud. Oh, yeah. Shalhulud. Hmm. The sandworms. I, that's one of the biggest icons. That's the icon of Dune. The, yes. the giant sandworms in the sand. I, you know me, Tim. I love monsters. Yes. I was so happy. That was like the best part of the movie for me. <laughs> was okay. When, was when the doctor is cornered by all these, uh, by the three of these guys who chased her in the desert. They, yes. you know, they, they shoot her up a little bit and her um, desert, you know, her desert suit is, you know, leaking water so yeah. she won't be able to survive. And she's lying on the, on the sand there and she, and, and, and they're just going to be like, they're just like, you're, well, you're going to die by the name, in the name of the emperor or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's just like, I serve only one master. His name is Charles. And she does the rhythmic tapping on thumper. the it's, it's called yeah. a, a thumper yeah but she also does it with her hand oh yeah that's and right that's right that that's attracts right. the giant sandworms which are you know and this one just comes out of the sand and it's like the beautiful texture of the sand flying that's great i love that when they were approaching and you can see this big these big bursts of sand because you know these giant sandworms are gigantic they're got they're kaiju sized yes and uh just you know i love seeing the deified disgusting worm creatures <laughs> in, in movies like this. It's interesting that you, I, and I, I definitely understand it. You, you love the monster. So you're definitely <laughs> looking at the design and, and how they, I, I was completely, Oh, the, the, not, the, 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 the baleen, like blue whale looking, yes. uh, teeth. What does it call those? Like little whiskers, <laughs> whisker teeth. I don't know. Uh, baleen. Is that what it is? I, I think so. But here's the thing. Um, for what? me, from 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 coming from from the book, um, I completely like not was thinking about that because in the books they are like you said a deity. It's it's a much more of a religious and a uh, like um, 
forgot that wood. I forgot the translation. Obrad. What does obrad mean in English? I don't know what that means in Obrad. Um, obrad, yeah. It's like a metaphor. No, no, no. It's 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 idol. Like a, a traditional thing you do. What does that do? Uh, procession. Uh, it doesn't matter. Funeral. No, no. Rite of passage. No, it's it's just a simple word I can't think of right now. But the idea is that it's it's yeah. There's definitely that start kind of like oh, it's a giant worm coming out, and there's a lot of build up to 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 figure out that it's a giant worm that's coming out. It's not it's not given to you. But since we live in a world. That's the only thing that everyone knows about it doing, that it's a giant worm in the sand. <laughs> so you're never going, oh, what is it? Is it a dragon? Oh, is you're a, right. Is it a giant leg? No, it's it's a worm coming out. We all know that. It's so, a worm. It's a worm. So no matter what the medium was, that's always kind of ruined. But because, okay, and here's the, okay, so if you really want, don't want spoilers, like really big spoilers, listener, not really turn it off. Because... Turn off. The worms are very important because one... <laughs> That's where the spice comes from, is directly related to the worms. Um, secondly, like the, the whole traditions of like the the the, the swords Fremen. and them right and that riding them, it's like like the the, the worms are really um, connected to everything. So from the books, like it's more about like it it is um, it's like a religious experience of seeing the worms. So I never really imagined them in my head as creatures. But is more of an event really of, of seeing ah. like so so to in the movies to me it's like oh cool you know like there they are the worms they're they're jumping out I was really never thinking <laughs> about it. it it more and especially it's written that way you kind of get the not like the description part of it like and then it rose three thousand feet I mean it's written that way but you also get the what they're feeling you know. And it felt like it was, you know, I mean, that's cool. Sink. You know, that's, I, I feel like... really cool. I think, and I think that's a, that's a cool approach. It's like it's not There's... just, oh my god, it's tall. It's like I feel like I'm in the in the presence of a god. You know, well, that kind of. That's what I liked in the movie. They at least they showed the effects of it more so yes. than they showed the worm. You know, like jumping around, and I feel yeah, like yeah. that gives like <laughs> every every movie, every jumping movie, around. every movie worth its salt, <laughs> wiggling on the <laughs> sand, like around like a slinky. Uh, every every movie worth its salt has that sort of thing. T Rex, the water, yeah. yeah, exactly. Love that stuff. We need more of that. We need more of the effects of the creature because that's the same. That's the same as doing, you know, not showing the shark in in Jaws. You know, it's the same yeah, principle. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's it. I, want, I just Shia wanted to mention dude. those worms and, you know. <laughs> Shiloh dude. That's what Shiloh dude. I mean, they, they're digging holes. There's worms in there somewhere. Did they you know? live in sand? And I, I like the, <laughs> I, I like the worms. El Shabanur. El Shabanur. Oh. <laughs> El Shabai. There's a lot I said, of I said El Shabanur. That's, that's, that's the name of Apocalypse and X-Men. There you go. <laughs> and maybe they was inspired by this. I meant I mean, Lisa, Lisan Al-Gahib. There's oh Muadib and there's there's a lot of words in this and this. It's good it's stuff. All, it's, it made me it, it just elevated the the movie. It, yeah, yeah, it was played right. I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. Do you think they're gonna make Warhammer 40k the movie now? I'm kidding. Never mind. Let's let's stop. Let's <laughs> That's your thing. Up. I've never painted uh, miniatures. Yeah. The, the last no thing idea. I will say. The last thing I yes. will I have to say is that Tolkien um, has an impression to say in one of his letters in 1966. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was given 
uh, Dune to read. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> and and he and he wrote to a fan who sent him a copy of Dune. Okay, I, th- I think I don't know who I don't know if it's a fan or a friend of his, but he said like he said, um, "Thank you for sending me a copy of Dune. I received one last year from Lanier, who's a friend or mm-hmm. someone else, and so I already know something about the book. It is impossible for an author still writing to be fair to another author working along the same lines." At least I find it so. In fact, I dislike Dune with some intensity. And in that unfortunate case, it is much the best and fairest to another author to keep silent and refuse to comment. <laughs> Would you like me to return the book? <laughs> or, uh, or should I hand it on? Beautiful. There you go. Love it. Love I don't, it. Classic Tolkien, just hating on everything. Exactly. I mean, yeah, he, you know, he didn't like Narnia either. He thought it was not good. <laughs> it's, a, it's a ripoff. I think yeah. I stole my stuff. We were friends, but then he yeah. stole it. Okay. Well, let's 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 switch it up. Let's 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 not be negative and say you know Denis. Good luck to getting part oh, two geez, and part I three out. So. I want to see it. Then there's only two parts. It's only two parts. No, but he was talking. But the, you can continue if you take the second book. That will that will kind of round it up. Apparently, yeah, and not make it that weird montage and the Lynch one. No, but you can you can take so you, make, <laughs> you so take cheesy. the first book and you make two parts, and then you take a third book and make like the, the ending. So kind of continue. So I, that's what they say. So hopefully they might do a trilogy because you know why not trilogy? Why not? Up. I know. Good luck to David Lynch. Hopefully he one day he'll get to do his version of Dune. You know, still hoping. You mean you mean Jodorowsky? <laughs> and, and Jodorowsky as well. I hope he's still alive. So hopefully he will do his Dune version as well. Well, he said maybe we do animated movie. I hope so. You, you, Jodorowsky, you all, everyone gets a Dune. We're all Dune. You get a Dune. We get a Dune. We're all Dune. We're children of Dune. We all did it. We look. We just did a Dune. Me and Phil just did a Dune. We did a Dune. We did a. We did a Dune kebab. <laughs> we all do a Dune. We are all Dune. We're all yes. Paul. That's how. That's how Jodorowsky ends. We're all Paul. Oh we yes, that's see. right. So that's not in the book, is it? No. And then the planet oh, okay. travels through space. And that's and, right. And, <laughs> the planet travels through space. <laughs> no, that's not in the books. Got nothing of that. <laughs> and yeah. becomes a paradise uh, as, so as Frank Herbert is twisting you know a speed of sound his grave <laughs> powering a whole village with his energy <laughs> that's how the sandworms were born Frank <laughs> Herbert just spends so much spins so much that's basically right. great well anyway I want everyone to hopefully kind of give us some feedback I don't know where we they can reach us the best uh, I guess Instagram, Instagram is our yeah. main place please do it because I really want us to do some extra little things yes uh, we, we, I think that we, would we be like exciting yeah and so what's next in the cluster Tim I don't well there's there's the the cluster is the clusteriest right now because we have we have French dispatch um, the hell's that out. I don't know the new why is this podcast cursed to me? Why can I never remember the name of the director if we come and I have to say it on this podcast? It's Steven Spielberg. <laughs> um, no, it's it's absolutely... I am cursed. Like, literally, this has happened Edgar several Wright. times. Why can't I remember the name of Wes Anderson on this podcast? Oh, wow, it's a curse. I can never remember to say Wes Anderson when I'm recording this podcast. Well, you did now. So that's coming out. The Eternals is coming out. There's also the Eddie Wright movie is coming out. Last Soho. Night in Soho. And it all released next week. So what do we do? We'll, we'll see. We'll Pick see the most popular do. one, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Which one, are you list, uh, which one are you interested in most? Me? 
Mm-hmm. From oh, these movies. Me. Um, yes. Mm, I don't know. Uh, Last Night in Soho, I guess. Soho is... is, is haven't, okay. haven't seen anything from Edgar Wright since Baby Driver. He hasn't made anything since oh. Baby Driver. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have one idea for a special that we can do. Please, please, please listener, don't, don't stop. Wait, 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 wait. One special that I would love us to do. Mm-hmm. And that is the Roger... No, Roger. Take that away. John Borman, Lord of the Rings script. Okay, it is sure. glorious, glorious. Okay. Tim, I would. I don't know if we should just read it and then talk about it, or we should just read the whole script. Like we, we can bring we Jake can do, along. Yeah, we, we can, can do like a live. We can reading. do a read through. Yes, it'd be so good. It's so nuts. Okay, well, let's do that. Let's. That's a special. We also always still have in the can of doing the MCU music. Analysis. You got me. We, I can do voices. We're all good. We're all good. We're all good. The new, the new, yeah, the the, the new Lord of the Rings. <laughs> we doomed. Now we, now we're gonna lord. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Tell your friends about this podcast. You know, mm-hmm. please. Let people yeah, know. they might enjoy this. You never know. You never know. It's just a good time to hang out with your friends on exactly. You know, you know. In, in two sides of the headphones that you're listening to right now. Um, yeah. We we I, we upload these all to YouTube as well, so if, if yeah. you know, you can leave some comments there. Be like, "Hey, I'm Dune. Hey, I'm Paul. I'm Dune. I'm Paul. Just do that. Everyone, just be like, <laughs> "Hi, I'm Paul. Oh, oh. I'm Spartacus." And um, yeah, I'm Spartacus. Yeah, totally. Uh, let's just end this now, Johnny. Johnny, switch us off. Johnny, switch us off. off. Switch us off. The mystery of life is not a problem to solve. Shut up, reality. That's the future. It's coming. Holy war spreading across the universe. <laughs> the unquenchable fire. <laughs> uh.